Welcome again to the Lord's house today. We want to welcome also those who are watching online. We are glad that you're here. We're in the fourth week of a series called Paranormal. That's the eerie music. That's Ghostbusters and Thriller as you enter. You know, we're setting a tone for this idea of what we believe seems so unusual, seems so paranormal, seems so weird to people who maybe don't believe what we believe, or even Christians who believe some aspects of the truth and, and other aspects of what the Scripture says, ah, I'm not so sure about that. And so we're going to be talking about angels today and what does God's Word have to say about that and, and also what your experiences may have been about that. But before we get to that, let's, let's pray. Lord, we're, we're talking about uh, a different dimension, a spiritual dimension to life that uh, most days passes our notice. And yet, throughout the pages of Scripture, you speak and, and you describe angelic visitations and angelic missions. And Lord, today we would like to better understand the purpose of these beings and, and what relevance they have to our life and, and to the greater purpose of the earth and to the Christian message. So, Lord, open our hearts to, to hear what you would have us hear and, and to receive what each and every one of us needs to know that would be a benefit to our life and, of course, by that means, a benefit to those who know us and are in relationship with us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I would suppose that all of us have angel stories. You know, maybe by virtue of what I do as a pastor, you know, I maybe have heard more angel stories have experienced more angel experiences than, than maybe the rest of you. Uh, but even after last night's service, people lined up to, to tell me angel stories. Uh, so I, I know that they're out there. One, one of my first uh, was as I pastored a, a church previous to this one when uh, it was a smaller church and, and uh, I was engaged in almost every aspect of the ministry. Hospital calls, I made them. You know, answer the phone, I did it. You know, I had a volunteer secretary. She only came on certain days. You know, I had somebody else who typed for me, somebody else who filed for me, you know, just all volunteer ministry. Uh, there was just myself as a staff person. Eventually, uh, my wife Carol established a preschool, and, and that was on your salary is determined by how much income you bring because we have nothing to pay you. And, and uh, it was a real blessing to the community. And in my visitation, I, I would go and see people who are invalid, people who were homebound, people who couldn't get out anymore. And, and I remember Doris Livingston. Now, now Doris was a, an elderly person. She had children. She had grandchildren. And she hardly ever left her house. It would be a special occasion when, through the use of a wheelchair, they would bring her out. She was a heavy lady. And uh, she had become immobile. And, and she lived pretty much in a very, very small house in a, in a poor section of town. Uh, but she was not poor in spirit. She was a cheerful lady. And uh, she was a factual lady. Uh, she was of German heritage, and she was not given to flights of fan fantasy. She was not a lady who believed in visions or, or had uh, supernatural experiences or talked about them in that way. In fact, when I would go visit her, she would say, read the Bible, preacher. That's, you know, tell me where it says that in the Bible, preacher. You know, that's the kind of lady she was. And so one day when I was visiting with her and I was bringing her the Lord's Supper, she said, uh, preacher, an angel visited me. She was not that kind of lady who, who saw things like that or who would even speak about them. And so it kind of surprised me. I, I said, an angel. I said, so what was that like? He was sitting in that chair right where you're sitting. I said, this chair? Yeah, that chair. 
say, well, why do you think an angel came and visited you? To tell me everything's going to be okay. Now, what you got in the Bible? You know, that was, that was just kind of it, you know. But I believe that Doris probably saw an angel. And despite all the common angel experiences that you may have, we don't base our teaching on our personal experiences. We base our teaching only on God's word, right? Amen. You may have personal experiences, but that would not be a good way to determine, you know, what it is you believe. Now, angels are common in our culture, especially the Christian culture. In fact, we have songs that are written about angels. And this is where you usually go into sleep mode because I'm up here and I can see you. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to stand and, and join in singing an angel song, and uh, this is kind of karaoke, I'm not a great singer, uh, which is going to give you freedom to sing, uh, as we sing a song that maybe you know. So join with us, and we're going to sing this song. Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. He who sang creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Now angels, they sang creation story. Angels were there, you know, they were part of creation and they were there, you know, giving God high fives for creation and, and then they proclaimed the Lord's salvation. But you don't have to be a Christian to know angel songs. In fact, a while back, because I was in Texas, uh, I was familiar with another song that was never sung in church. It was requested once at a funeral I did in Texas, but it was never sung in church, not even at that funeral, by the way. And it it was written by Ray Charles, and uh, Willie Nelson sang it. So sing it if you know it. Here we go. She threw her arms around him. Whispered, God will keep us free. They could could hear the riders coming. He said, this is my last fight. If they take take me back to Texas, they won't take me back alive. Here's the chorus. You got to know the chorus. There were seven Spanish angels at the altar of the sun. They were praying for the lovers in the valley of the guns. When the battle stopped and the smoke cleared, that was done from the throne. Here it is. And seven Spanish angels took another angel home. Be seated. There are more verses, but I think I pushed you about as far as I can. And if there's, if there's if there was any question that that pastor's crazy, I just proved you true. And what's really fascinating, the best verse is still to come, and I just we just couldn't go any much further. But I got to share it with you. She reached down and picked the gun up that lay a smoking in his hand. She said, Father, please forgive me. I can't make it without my man. And she knew the gun was empty, and she knew she couldn't win. But her final prayer was answered when those rifles fired again. And then the verse. There were seven Spanish angels at the altar of the sun. They were praying for the lovers in the valley of the guns. Kind of a Bonnie and Clyde thing, I think. When the battle stopped and the smoke cleared, there was thunder from the throne. 
and seven Spanish angels took another angel home. Carol's daddy, who lived in Texas and loved country western ballads, would say, ain't that pretty. <laughs> That's a real love song there. That's a real love song there, you know. He, he loved those ballads. You know, we're going to discuss that. Just so you, you aren't confused and you know that I'm not confused, you don't become an angel when you die, all right? Just file that away. You don't become an angel when you die. But, you know, people are fascinated with angels. People who don't know a lick about the Bible. People who aren't Christian are fascinated with angels. Uh, have you ever seen this sign? It's down on the access road uh, in Eureka along Highway 44. As you turn on the access road right and you head down towards the Walmart where America loves to shop. Home of falling prices. You know, and, and it's up there on the hill. I've never, I've never gone in there, but I've passed it and I've been curious. I, I've got to do it sometime. I went on their website. We found this picture. And it says, at the Angel Garden... We offer unique and beautiful pieces to uplift and heal the soul at affordable prices. And I, 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 I think the key words are at affordable prices. And, 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 and then if you don't get down to Eureka Way, maybe you get down the city. And, and you might have seen this store. This is called the Angel Store. And it's down at the corner of uh, Hampton and Holly Hills. Now... You don't have to raise your hand. I had a volunteer last night come up and say, Pastor, they sold all their angel stuff. They couldn't get any more. They closed that store, and now there's a restaurant in there. So I know that. You know, I just found that out. I didn't know that before. But I was curious about what they said regarding their store. And they were begging people to come in because they just knew that people loved angels. They said the official angel gift shop where you will find angel jewelry, angel gifts, angel books, angel music, angel video, Byzantine-style angel icons, those are hard to find. Angel wall reliefs, angel pennants, angel prints, angel note cards, angel ceramics, angel sculptures, fine angel portraits by Tom X, and much, much more. What more could there be than that? You know, so that story was all about that. And when we went to Scottsdale, you know, back in February, thank you for sending us as part of my 25th anniversary of being a pastor here. You sent us down there for a week. And we stayed near Old Town Scottsdale in Arizona, just uh, around Phoenix there, and uh, and uh, we used to walk those stores. There's a whole block and blocks of old shops, and they were kind of fun. And there was one that was called Angel Wings and Other Fine Things. And, and I told Carol, we got to go in there. It's a Christian bookstore. We got to see what they're offering. I'm just always curious about what Christian bookstores are offering. And we went in there, and there was everything that you wanted about angels and cats. <laughs> no Jesus. No nativity, just angels and cats. So I, I'm thinking people who like angels like cats and people who like cats like angels. I, I don't know. But I, I saw, and i, I got to keep moving, but man, I just, I just can't force myself to go any further. There was a little blog about that store if you, if you looked on their website. And, and it said, best angel store I've ever been to. It was like a dream. I was drawn to that store. I was actually across the street with my oldest son. Some person wrote this this. this Supportive piece. I think it was probably somebody who owned the store. And, and I looked at this store and I just started walking. My son was like, where are you going? That's what it says. My son was like, where are you going? And I just had to get to that store. And once I walked in, I felt this huge rush of peace overcome me. And I knew I needed to be there. It was a great store. And the owner was an angel herself. Everyone needs to go and visit this store just once. It's beautiful. So if you're ever in Old Scottsdale, you know. But angels are for real, and we got to move on. we got to get serious here, uh, and we got to get to the Bible. Because angels are found throughout the Scripture. Angels are found even mentioned in the first chapters of the Bible. 
uh, relative to the creation of the world. In fact, after Adam and Eve fell into sin, God cast them out of the Garden of Eden. Not because he was mean to them, not because he wanted their life to be hell on earth, but because he wanted to restrict access to the tree of life so they wouldn't live forever in a sinful condition. He drove the man out and he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim with a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guide their access to the tree of life so that in their sin they wouldn't live forever. So angels are mentioned even early in the scripture. You know, obviously no one had died yet. Adam and Eve had not died, so they did not become angels. It does not teach that. But angels were created beings who were there. Angels are also mentioned in the very last chapter of scripture. And this is a very important reference. The very last chapter, Revelation 22. John, who in that book tells us what he saw of heaven, says... I am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. And the angel said, stop that. He actually said, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and and your fellow prophets. I'm just a servant. I'm not worthy of worship. And uh, with all who keep the words of the scroll, worship only God. You know, don't violate the first commandment. Don't have any other gods. Don't worship angels. Scripture makes it very clear. Angels were most prominent, and I think most of us, uh, when we think about angels, uh, think about the nativity of Christ and and the important role that angels played in the birth of Jesus. We see in Luke chapter 2, there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And angel of the Lord appeared to them, only one angel, I don't think they could have stood all the angels at once at first. Because even the one angel with the glory of the Lord, uh, and they were terrified by that one angel. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, then, you know, the Lord said, do you really have to go? And the angel said, man, we have got to go. And so they all busted out of heaven. You know, they just, they had to be a part of this. They said, let us all go. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host just flooded the skies, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, they just had to all be a part of that day, that day that everybody in heaven and on earth had been waiting for And the apostles' ministry was also uh, touched by an angel, you know, involved angels. So, you know, if angels are in the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, the story of Jesus' birth, the story of the apostles, why not us? Angels, uh, as we read in Acts chapter 5, our lesson for today, uh, we're also there. Here's here's what's going on. Uh, After the death of Jesus and his resurrection, the apostles suddenly had great courage and they began to tell everybody about Jesus and and uh, the high priest and the other religious leaders who had seen to Jesus' death said, we've got to stop this. We've got to stamp it out before it gets, you know, picked up by others. And, and so they, uh, they went out and they arrested them. Uh, they were filled with jealousy. Let's go on. And they arrested the apostles and they put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. And the angel said to them, go stand in the temple court. You know, go right back out there. Don't run away. Don't hide. Go right back out and uh, tell the people about this new life. This Jesus who has been raised from the dead. 
So at daybreak, they went right back out where they had been arrested before, as uh, where they had been told, and they began to preach to the people again, like the angel told them. And the high priest and his associates arrived, and they called together the whole Sanhedrin, the same group that had condemned Jesus to death, and they were getting ready to have a jury trial, and all the elders of Israel were there, and they sent to the jail, bring the prisoners out. But on arriving at the jail, the officers said, we've got a problem. They went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked. The guards were standing at the doors, just like they were told. But when they opened the doors, no one was inside. On hearing this, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest were at a loss, wondering, how could that possibly be? This is paranormal. Then someone came and said, you won't believe this. But the men you put in jail are back out in the temple. And they're teaching again. They didn't even run away. And uh, at this, the captain, the head guy of of all the guards, went with his officers. And he himself brought the apostles back. Wasn't going to trust guards anymore. But they would not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. You know, so an angel was sent to uh, break the chains and send them back out to do some more preaching. Well, so I want to talk to you about angels, and I have to manage expectations because we could be here a long time. We may be here a while anyway, but too long if we didn't, you know, kind of focus ourselves a bit. So let me tell you what I'm not going to do uh, in this message about angels. I'm not going to prepare you for your next appearance on Jeopardy, you know. Alex, angels for 250, you know, so that you'd know all the trivia you could possibly know about angels. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to lecture you either about the distinctives between angels. Cherubim, seraphim, pastor, what's up with that? You know, why are there different kinds of angels? And and tell me a little bit more about their organization. You know, who's the head angel and who are their subordinate captains? And because they're organized, I think, like a military, aren't they? I'm not going to go there. And, And I'm not going to encourage you to be more devoted to angels either. Because you're not to worship angels. They are fellow servants just like you. So those are things I'm not going to do. So what am I going to do? Three things I want to accomplish. I want to help you better understand uh, the main purpose of angels. You know, God's intended purpose for angels. Who are they and and why do they even exist? You're not going to be saved by knowing more about the Bible. You're going to be saved by, you know, knowing what God wants and and through the stories we learn, but but not just knowledge alone. I also want to increase your awareness of a spiritual dimension that in our modern world, and even as Christians, we don't think about much and, and uh, out of sight, out of mind, I think. And I also want to uh, increase your appreciation for the value of your faith. Because while God loves all people and, and cares for all of us, Christians have a leg up when it comes to knowing that God's in our corner. And he has these things called angels that, that uh, he sends to help us. So there's great value in being a Christian. And I want you to better understand that. So let's get started. What is God's purpose for angels? You know, if we were to ask the question, who are angels? What exactly are they? Uh, We don't have to kind of surmise about that. The Bible actually tells us in Hebrews, the very first chapter, and also in the second chapter, it says, to which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand. In other words, angels are not Jesus. Jesus is superior to the angels. Jesus is the Lord. He is God. He is, he is greater than an angel. To which of the angels did he ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? He said that to his own son. And then he goes on to say, don't you know 
that all angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit eternal life. So preacher, tell me, what are angels? They are ministering spirits. They are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit eternal life. They are also guardians of the faithful. They truly are guardian angels, and they are guardians of the faithful. Uh, you may know this passage that comes from uh, Jesus uh, in his temptation with the devil, who said, you know, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself off the corner of the temple, because doesn't the Bible say, and then they quoted this scripture from Psalm 91, the Lord is my refuge, you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You know, angels are meant to protect us. And they do protect us. They keep us from all harm. It doesn't mean that difficulty doesn't come into your life. It doesn't mean that setback doesn't come into your life. But no setback, no harm will come into your life that God does not allow. Now, you may question why God has allowed some and and, and uh, I don't always know the answer. Sometimes you will know that answer. But I know that uh, God is in that. And there's faith in that too. Saying, you know, God has some purpose in this. Even though it's a frustration for me. And, and even though we ultimately die. Uh, when you die and when you pass from life to life eternal. You're not going to think that's such a bad thing. Although at the moment it, it seems difficult. Uh, so angels are given as a protection for those who, who believe. And then... The idea of children having guardian angels, that's not a myth. Jesus himself said, see that you do not despise these little ones. For I tell you that they're angels in heaven. Always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Our children have angels. I, I, I raised boys. It's amazing that boys ever grow to be six years old. There are so many ways they could kill themselves. And, and it seems like they're bent on doing that. You know, if it were not for angels. You know, there are angels who guard us. So they are ministering servants sent to help those who are being saved. And they are also guardians of the faithful. They do spiritual battle. I don't want to steal Dion's thunder. Next week he's going to talk to you about demons, about fallen angels, about evil angels. But there's a spiritual battle for the souls of people. And uh, God has sent good angels to protect us against the evil angels. And it goes back to Revelations Chapter 12, it says a war broke out in heaven. Michael, the fighting angel, uh, and his angels fought against the dragon, Satan, and the evil angels that rebelled against God. And the dragon and his angels fought back, and they were cast to earth. We're going to learn more about that next week. Angels still care about spiritual matters, and they're still engaged uh, in spiritual battles for our protection. I don't know if you've ever seen that, that picture, this famous painting uh, that James Dobson made famous years ago. And it shows a father uh, kneeling by the bed of his child and he's praying for it, the child. And in the window you see uh, an angel of light fighting with an angel of darkness protecting that child. And I think that's a good symbolic description of what angels do for us. They protect us from evil angels. And uh, it, uh, it tells us that, that angels rejoice at the, at the salvation of those uh, who win the battle. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over every sinner that is saved. Angels also, we're talking about the purpose, the, the overriding purpose of angels. Angels also transport our, our souls to heaven at the time of our death. Uh, I've been at the bedside of, 
of people who've died. And I remember one very distinctive uh, situation where I was at the bedside of, uh, of an elderly lady. And uh, she had two daughters, and they both called me and asked me if I'd come downtown. It was the middle of the night, and uh, their mom had been in a coma for a while. And, and the vital signs were draining away from her, and they just asked if I'd come have devotions with them. And, and so I came and uh, went into the ER, and, and uh, their mom hadn't spoken to them for a week. And uh, while we were in there having devotions, suddenly she opened her eyes in a very alert and, and very clear voice. She said, the angels, the music. And then she died. Man, the hair went up on my neck, you know. And then last night after I, I told that story, there was a lady who was in the ER, uh, emergency room. Uh, uh, actually, she was in uh, uh, what's... ICU, thank you, ICU, intensive care unit. And uh, she's no longer there, but she said, you would not believe how many times when people die, uh, this common phrase, uh, take care of the children. You know, why are there so many children in my room? And, and the nurses would look at each other and say, it must be cherubs. I, you know, I just can't explain it. But that was common for people to have that experience. They transport our souls to heaven. They are there when we die. This is a story about uh, Lazarus and the rich man. Uh, and it's told us in Luke and the... At the gates, there was a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. You know, he had a tough life. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. That's about the only relief he got from the hardness of his life. But the time came when the beggar died. And the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and he was buried. You know, so angels transport us into heaven. Uh, we also know from Scripture, I can't go through all of them, but angels are going to come and, and gather us all before the throne of God, and they're going to sound the trumpet at the coming of Christ. So uh, angels' intended purpose to serve us, to be guardians for us, to do spiritual battle for us, to bring us home to be with the Lord in heaven. Secondly, there's a spiritual dimension that we cannot see out of sight, out of mind, that, that is absolutely true. In, in fact, I believe that you encounter angels more than you might realize because angels don't always appear in all their divine glory. Based on the scripture, also from Hebrews, I think it's chapter 13, in verses 1 and 2. It says, keep on loving one another, brothers and sisters. You know, be kind because you don't even know. In your kindness, you may be showing hospitality to strangers. But by doing it, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. You know, there may be angels that come in and out of your life, and you may not even know that. One of the men who does sermon study with us this past week as we were reading this and talking about this text said, man, I believe that's true. There are so many times in which uh, somebody came at just the right time and helped me with an idea or helped me with a concept, and I went back to thank them, and I, I couldn't even find them. And nobody even said that that kind of person existed. You know, have you ever had moments like that, and you just think, maybe that was an angel? There was a time years ago when uh, some young kids had just graduated university and they were uh, driving reckless. Um, they had been drinking uh, over in Illinois and they wrecked their car and one of them was killed. And the, the parents of what proved to be the surviving child called me and, and said, our child has just been in a bad accident. Will you meet us in this little town in Illinois? And we're going there right now. And I said, absolutely. I got my car and drove over there. And... Uh, this dad uh, was driving so recklessly that I thought he was going to lose it. I could not even keep up with him. And, and then I, I, I caught up with them, and I said, so he had stopped on the side of the road, blacktop in the middle of nowhere. It was like 3 in the morning. 
And, and I said, so what's, what's going on? You have car trouble? He goes, no, we just stopped to help that lady. And I said, what lady? And they said, well, there's a lady here, and, and she, she had her car. This was in the middle of a field. This was not an intersection. This was not in a town. This was in the middle of a field on blacktop. He said, there was a lady here who was going to the laundromat, and her car was in park, and she didn't know how to put it in gear. And so I stopped to help her, and I told her, you have to, this kind of car, you have to put your foot on the brake in order to shift the gears. And she thanked me and just drove away. I don't think there was a lady who was going to the laundromat at 3 in the morning who stopped on the side of the road and put her car in park and couldn't figure out how to get it out. I just don't think that, you know, it's just a strange thing. And then when they got to their son, the son said that somebody pulled me from the wreck. Did you, and there was nobody there. The, the first responders said there was nobody there. Nobody at the side of the accident. And yet he had been pulled. I, I do think that many of us have entertained angels unaware. They can keep us by frustrating us and, and keep us from self-destructive behavior or destructive things that might happen to us. There's an interesting story that takes place in the book of Numbers. Uh, a man named Balaam. Now Balaam was a prophet of God. And he was being hired by an enemy of Israel to come and curse the people. Because this prophet, this, this king knew that this prophet had power. And he said, I'll pay you whatever it takes to curse Israel. And, and Balaam was the prophet. He said, well... You know, I really can't, I have no power except God gives it to me. So if God lets me curse them, then I'll take your money. And, and he's, he said, but I don't know that he will and I can only do. And he says, well, just come. And so Balaam thought, well, I'll go. Maybe, maybe God will let me curse his people. And, and so he was, he was a mercenary. He wanted some money. And, and so he went and he was riding his donkey. And, and his donkey wouldn't go down this path. And, and he kept beating his donkey, urging his donkey to go, and his donkey wouldn't go. And his donkey would slam his leg into a hill and, you know, against the rocks. And he was beating his donkey, yelling at his donkey. And, and the Bible tells us, I told you it was a strange story. The Bible opens the donkey's mouth, and the donkey says, why are you beating me? And, and the man, just like this happens all the time, says, because you're not doing what I told you to do. And he said, have I ever been unfaithful to you? He said, no, you've never been unfaithful. Why now? <laughs> and about that time, you know... Uh, he discovers why. The Lord opened Balaam's eyes, the prophet's eyes. And he saw an angel of the Lord was standing in the road. The donkey had seen it. And the donkey wasn't going to go forward. But the man had not seen it. Uh, with his sword were drawn. So, so the prophet bows his head and he faces down. And the angel of the Lord said, Why are you beating your donkey three times? I've come here to oppose you. Because your path is a reckless one before God. The donkey saw me and turned away from me three times. If he had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you. But now I have spared you. Balaam said to the angel, I have sinned. I wonder if he told the donkey that. <laughs> did he apologize to the donkey? That's what I want to know. I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road opposing me. Now if you were displeased, I won't, I won't go any further. You know, have you ever been frustrated on a trip? Have you ever, you know, missed a, a connection, a flight? You know, instead of getting angry about that, maybe God is sparing you from something. You know, maybe God is intervening. Maybe God is frustrating, you know, for your benefit. Don't always assume that this is a bad turn of events. You know, God sometimes sends angels and, and keeps us from doing something that would put us in a position that may not be helpful or, or may be wrong for us, or it may even be threatening to our life. There's a spiritual dimension we cannot see. There's another great old story in the Bible uh, about Elisha. Uh, 
everybody knew that the prophet was the key to Israel's victory. And, and so a wise king said, if we capture the prophet, then Israel's strength will be taken from them and we can win the battle. And so he sent an army to capture Elisha, the prophet, because he knew what city he was in. And, and here's how the story goes. It says, when the servant of the man of God, the prophet's servant, got up early the next morning, he went to the side of the, the wall of the city and he said, man, there are horses and chariots surrounding the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant answered, we're about to be captured. Don't be afraid, the prophet said. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Read that with me. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And when he was allowed to see what the prophet saw, he looked and he saw the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I mean, if you could see the dimension of the angels that surround and are willing and able to do miraculous things for us, we would have greater confidence in life. Well, let me just wrap this up. We have reason to have confidence in God because of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us, but also because through Jesus we have access to God's throne of grace and access to the angels that are ministering spirits sent to care for us. To be sure... God loves all people, even if you don't believe in Jesus. God loves you and he cares for you too. And he wants to, he wants to bring you to the knowledge of salvation. So he's going to take care of you as well. As it says in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he said, You have heard it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That's what people do. You know, they, they help those who help them, but they don't help those who are opposed to them. But I tell you, this is how God does it. Love your enemies and pray for those even who persecute you. So that you may be like your heavenly Father in heaven. For does he not cause his son to rise even on the evil as well as the good? And does he not send rain also on the righteous and the unrighteous? But as Christian people, we have special confidence to believe that God will bring his power to bear in our life. Because as I said at the opening of the message, and as I repeat today, what are angels? They are ministering spirits sent to serve who? Those who will inherit salvation. They are incredibly powerful, unseen spirits, sometimes taking bodily form to help those who will inherit salvation. So what do we do with all this information? I would, I would hope that you would just have a greater sensitivity and a greater realization of the presence of angels in life. Uh, in days past, I think Christians had a, a better understanding of that. Angels were part of their talk. Angels were part of their songs. And, and the great reformer who returned the gospel to the church that man is saved by grace through faith in Jesus and not by works, Martin Luther, had a morning prayer and he had an evening prayer. And in that prayer, he mentioned angels. And I, I thought, no better way to close this service than to stand with me and, and pray Luther's morning prayer. And notice it was just common for him to think about God sending his angel to be a part of his life. So we pray together that morning prayer. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all of my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, 
my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen.